Welcome to Animal Talk, where the pets drop the mic podcast. I'm your host and translator, Kathy Malkin, the Animal Muse. As an animal muse, I give animals a voice so that they can share their unique stories and viewpoints. During each episode of Animal Talk, I will interview different animals, including pets, so you can hear what's on their minds and better understand what they are thinking and feeling. So sit on back, invite your pet to join you as we explore the musings of the animals. Hi, everybody. It's so exciting to have you here today for my podcast. I have some wonderful guests, guests that I've known for a very long time. I have Gina, who is the CWO, Chief Wolf Officer of My Zen Pet, which is a podcast by her mom, Lisa Spector whom I've known for many, many years. In fact, she was one of my original students way back when, when I first started teaching animal communication. And she currently lives with a beautiful black lab, as I said, Gina, who is her muse. But when I first met Lisa, she had a wonderful uh, guide dog in training named Sanchez. And both Gina and Sanchez came to my class and she nurtured him in his development until it was time for him to get tested to see if he would make the program. And at that point, Lisa reached out to me to talk with Sanchez because in our hearts, we felt that while Sanchez was an awesome dog, he he had a different career path than being with guide dogs. So I'm going to hand it over to Lisa. And for those of you who don't know, My Zen Pet is also part of, uh, is her podcast, but she has an album coming out about called Dog on Calm. Is that the name of it? Yeah, Dog on Calm is her, volume one is already out on all streaming channels. Yeah. Fantastic. And what the purpose of her music, beautiful classical music, is to help dogs and their anxiety, which brings us back to Sanchez and his career path. So when you reached out to me and we're talking, gosh, it could be 20 years ago to it talk with Sanchez. 20 years ago, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, to find out what Sanchez wanted in his life, because in our world, it's important to find out what animals need and want and as best as we can honor their needs. And we got the sense that Sanchez did not want, as much as he saw being a guide dog as very noble work, I, he was clear that it really wasn't something that he was put on this earth to do. So... When he went through the test, and I think because it's 20 years later, Lisa and I have both decided we can divulge that we encouraged him 
to fail. <laughs> we encourage him <laughs> to get career change, we should say. That's it. Well, you know, because you had met him when he was a guide dog puppy in training, that was when I, I we, we took BART together, so the, the Bay Area Public Transportation System, over to Walnut Creek to hear you in a lecture. I didn't know who you were, just saw your advertisement. I thought, this just sounds interesting. And then I was just blown away with what I was learning about animal communication. And then when he went into training, even my guide dog instructor knew like this dog was a very smart, confident dog. Like guide dogs need a lot of confidence. He wasn't lacking in that, but she just knew. She said, he's just not, he was the kind of personality that when I had the two dogs together, Sanchez and Gina, I thought, Gina woke up in the morning and said, oh, what can I do for her today? Gina read the lab manual. Sanchez didn't. And he woke up in the morning and said, what can you do for me today? And that doesn't make a good service dog. He had many very uh, eventful and wonderful careers, but guide dogs was not one of them. And little did I know when I contacted you when he was in guide dog training, because I wanted to communicate with him. I wanted to know what he was feeling. You know, by being there, he made he made it through a lot of the phases, and I wanted to know what he was feeling. And so it was such a comfort to me that I could just communicate with him and really know he was okay. He was well taken care of. He was tired. He was doing the work, but he, um, he got so far and then he got career change. <laughs> and for those who don't know, many, uh, guide dog puppies in training do not make it into being a guide dog or a service dog. It's a very big responsibility. It takes a very special dog to do the work. And they really have to be 100% devoted to the work because that person is depending on their dog really for their lives on so yeah. many levels. And Sanchez was just, he's now in spirit, but he was just a good soul. He was a loving soul, but he couldn't commit to uh, the guide dog career path. Right. But it's what so, we, it's so funny because Guide Dogs has this enormous book about the size of the New York telephone pages of all the reasons a guide dog can be changed. Because I don't know what the stats are now, but in those days it was about 50% of the guide dogs puppies. Yep. Did not. I think it's higher, more paths now because their training is really improved substantially. They're amazing. This, yeah, this was back in 2000 and three i think it was a long time ago long and, until early yeah. 2000s for sure right and in this manual i always read read why are guide dog puppies why don't they make it and when i got the call that he was career change it was because he was too much dog and which was not even <laughs> in the manual and that's just so just he just wanted to be a dog he just he 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 was not he wasn't wanting like gina likes you know if she's She'll she'll do anything to please me. He wasn't one of those dogs. He had a ton of personality, but that was not his thing. So what was it at the time? For those who don't know, Lisa is a Juilliard classically trained pianist and an, an amazing pianist in my book. But what was it about Sanchez that put you on the career path to help dogs? Because I love in your bio, you said that your degree has gone to the dogs. Yeah, my Juilliard degree has gone to the dogs, yeah. And what a better, what a great place for your degree to go. 
Exactly. I wasn't, I hate to say, but back in my Julia days, I was barely a dog person. I was a piano person. That's all I did. I really was not, I didn't know much about dogs. I didn't have a dog. And Sanchez just rocked my world. So one thing is that when I had him, when I was raising him as a volunteer puppy raiser, I owned a music school. And so I had a huge range of students from four-year-olds to 80-year-olds. And my four-year-olds particularly, I wanted to learn how to get them to calm down and focus and get class going right away when they came in and were just wild and crazy. So I started experimenting with different kinds of music that calmed children. And I found a, a good, good prescription of music that worked to calm these four-year-olds, which was fabulous. Calm and focus them. And I look over and I see my four-month-old rambunctious puppy all of a sudden just snoozing. And I'm like, wow, this is great. I got a classroom of four-year-olds I can work with, but I am really onto something. So that's when I really started doing my research and finding out what was out there, what, what could be developed. I was really curious, particularly to find out if not only I could create music that calmed dogs, but actually relieved anxiety issues. And that's how, so Sanchez is responsible for all that. That's how it started. So he clearly was your muse yeah. in inspiring you to help not only four-year-olds, but really to help dogs feel their best and to help them because for those who may not be familiar, dogs are very sensitive and they can really become anxious very quickly, especially in this day and age when we're all walking around feeling anxious. Right. It ripples out. Well, back in 2003, when I had this idea, the research showed that one out of seven dogs exhibited a canine anxiety issue. Now that, let me define that because that only means the dogs who have sought their people have sought treatment, so they recognize their canine anxiety issue and sought treatment for it. That was way back in 2003. In 2020, a study was done showing that 72.5% of dogs exhibit an anxiety issue, and the huge overwhelming percentage of those are canine noise phobia issues. And so we can get into that a little bit later. So, and I believe that number is low because I think a lot of people aren't even aware when their dogs I have agree. anxiety issues. So we're only talking about the ones who exhibited and, and got treatment. Yes. And my least favorite holiday is just around the corner, which is the 4th of July. Right. And I think we should take a page out of a town in Italy that... Have yep. on the fireworks, but make them silent. Exactly. Because more dogs end up in the shelter after the 4th of July right. than any other holiday because of the fireworks, because of just firecrackers. All and of that if, if they're indoors, they get the fear that, oh, it's in the house where this fear is coming from. And more vets, their busiest day of the year is July 3rd because people are going in for drugs for their dogs. Yes. And I do think that people should always go for the drugs earlier than later because you never know who's going to set off what and when, but it's so hard for dogs. And I think the more anxious we are, as I said, our energy ripples out into our dogs, whether people are aware of it or not, they take on that anxiety. And I think what you do with your classical music is such a gift, not Thanks. only for the dogs, 
but I find when I listen to your music with my dog, I'm less stressed. Well, I'd say now with my dog gone calm album and that it's really for both ends of the leash because you can't separate those ends of the leash. You absolutely cannot. And I think the more we understand that, the better it is for our dogs or any of our companion animals, really, because yes, your focus is dogs, but my cats enjoy your music too. Right, right. And probably because you're enjoying it. So they, they sense your energy too. (laughs) <laughs> so Sanchez, uh, I was mentioning to you that uh, the Beatles song, Martha, My Love, is uh, about George, uh, not George, excuse me. Um, I believe it was Paul's dog. Oh. Uh, and it was an homage to him. But it really speaks to that when we are open to their guidance, if you will, and listen to them with our hearts, They guide us to where we need to be on our spiritual journey because watching you grow and seeing the idea kind of sprout in your mind over the years has been so joyous for me because I remember when you and Tom, you were were so new at it and it wasn't anything, but there Sanchez was because of who he was, he shifted who you are. Exactly. There's no way I could have gone to Julia and said, hey, I want to play concerts for dogs online. (laughs) (laughs) They would have kicked me out, right? But you can't make this stuff up. You just pay attention to what comes in your life and what dogs guide you to. And it's like, what they guide you to, you can't make up because it's it's more brilliant than you can ever imagine. But they just seem to know. Well, when I got my first dog as an adult, Casey, and uh, I guess it, when did I adopt him? In the late uh, 1993, he changed my whole life. He is the reason why I do the animal communication. Oh. He's the reason when he died, he came to me and said, now you have to do grief counseling and help people through their grief and and do it by talking to the animal in spirit i would not have done it without him so he was that's partly why i call myself animal muse because he was my muse and he awoke something creative compassionate and loving with me to share with the world right right so but sanchez had he also enjoyed agility Lisa loves doing agility and is very accomplished at it. But if I remember correctly, and correct me if I'm wrong, there was a little frustration with Sanchez doing agility in terms of he enjoyed it, but you wanted to go a little further in the competition than he was really into. So here was Sanchez's most fun time ever doing agility. He was at master's level, which is the highest level. Now, what I'm about to say usually happens to green dogs. It happens in the novice class. It doesn't usually happen in the master's class. He got to this trial. It was indoors and it was cool. And he just decided to make up his own course. And he just got the zoomies on this course and he ran. I mean, the entire place was laughing. The judge was laughing. I have a video. The judge is constantly. 
the, the judges raise their hand when there's some sort of error. And so right. it, just, it was, I couldn't stop laughing. It was hysterical. And then it's like, it made so much sense. Sanchez just didn't like to follow rules. He wanted to make up his own rules. So it was like, okay, all this equipment is here. I'm just going to make up my own thing over and over and over again. And he's probably never ran faster around an agility court. <laughs> well, I remember uh, that we spoke with him about it. And he just like, not my thing. It was really thing. I career changed him very young. Yeah. He was seven yeah. when I career changed him. Yeah. And he, he wanted to honor your wishes because he knew how much you enjoyed competing. He, he liked the treats too. <laughs> well, the treats were the reason. He was a good yellow lab, you know, loves that food. But he was, I know you were not sure at first about bringing Gina into your world. You have a good memory. He he was okay with it because he knew Gina could do things for you and he could have a break. He could just be Sanchez. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So Gina, who's. 13 tomorrow and is still oh, running agility birthday. has yeah, she's um she's having a heyday still running agility a veterans class 13 and you know what just counting my blessings and well, wagging she, her tail the whole time she just loves and she's it. a career change guide dog as well she correct? is she's much smaller frame she's only a 46 pound dog it's a much smaller frame Sanchez was a big football player type yellow lab 70 pound dog <laughs> exactly so she's more like a gymnast style and uh I did not raise her but she guide dogs is really excellent at matching their career change dogs with the right people now, most people that sign up for a guide dog, career change dog, want this calm dog, you know, because there's, they're bred to be bad and guide dogs. Well, she was the opposite. She was like high energy and needed to do a sport and needed to run and retrieve and all those things. So, and had an agility body. So they really recommended she go to an agility home, at least, at least a sports, canine sports home. And I tell you, I was, I was looking for a second dog. I thought I wanted a golden retriever. I did not want another lab. I did not want another career change dog. And I did not want a, a black dog. And and I thought, oh, well, what's the harm? I'll just go meet her. And you know how you, you see your dog you and you just, you look at her eyes and you know, in a second, this is my dog. And I knew, and it was just one of the best. If not the best. And it's wonderful that you listened, listened to that part of yourself that said, so what if she's black? So what if she's a career change? You know, none of that mattered in that moment because your souls met. Right. And in that moment, there was kismet, if you will. Right. I, I, back in the day when blogs were popular, I wrote a blog called something like the dog I never knew I always wanted. Oh, I love that. I love that. Well, and I also appreciate that she is the, what is it, the chief wolf officer. And Gina loves that responsibility, that she has an important role in your company and helping other dogs. She's got her own email account. She's got her own signature. She writes the Wolf Wednesday emails. People write her and reply. I swear to God, I'm not making this up. They write her and reply all the time. This is my favorite email of the week. It's written in first dog. And she does a lot of bragging in that email. (laughs) 
<laughs> well, she has every right to brag. Interestingly enough, my mom, back in the 1980s, she was an editor for the local newspaper back when we had new local newspapers. Right. And she wrote a column in her dog's voice. Yeah. Um, who was a black lab mix named right. Buley. Buley Getz, because what Buley wants, Buley Getz. So her name was Buley Getz. And what my mom said in her first uh, column with, in Buley's voice was that dogs really needed to have a voice and be an intricate part of the community. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So she likes that she's doing that and that she's showing other dogs that they can do that too. Yes. She, she is an amazing role model for and many she likes, dogs. She likes to brag about me more than I like to brag about me. So she gets that. Thing. Well, she's allowed to. And, you know, she, <laughs> she, uh, I know when I, I speak in animals voices or in the voice of my animal, it frees me to be them on a level right. and hear their voice. But as you know, I'm all about giving animals a voice and empowering right. them. Right, and exactly. you, but you empower them with your music. And I was wondering if you wouldn't mind sharing with us some, uh, one of your pieces, maybe from your album. And I want to make sure before we go at the end of the podcast, where people can get your music. Cause I think it's, so important to have this in our what I call our medicine bag are yeah. all the things that we have to help not only support our dogs but to support ourselves and give us the tools for example I like to teach people how to do Reiki or energy healing with animals because it empowers us to do something right exactly. I know yeah. For me, when uh, Yogi was young, I played your music just to help him be more peaceful and grounded. Right. That's so great. Well, I love the term medicine bag because the music that I record for dogs is actually veterinary prescribed. And it's generally prescribed a half an hour a day. Even if your dog is, I will tell you, you know, now having had, you know, two senior dogs, there's issues that come up that aren't, don't show themselves in younger years. And Gina's not the same dog when she was when she was younger. And she's, you know, really well adjusted. But there are certain things I just have to be more careful about now with her. It's unbelievable to me that she was a dog that was career changed for dog distraction. She wanted to play with every dog. Now she's like, let me let get to know you after a couple of days and I'll play with you. You know, but she's not like she was when she was a puppy of just any dog. Let me play with them. So, you know, dogs do change and she's. She has some sensitivities, you know, I don't know if I'd call them anxiety issues, but sensitivities I'm aware of that she did not have when she was younger. And that's very common. So, um, so this is music from Doggone.com. So the one I'm going to play for you now is the theme for my Zen Pet podcast. It's an arrangement that I created for Left Hand only for three reasons. Uh, primarily because lower frequencies... So the piano plays really high, middle, and low note. And in the lower frequencies, in many research studies, have been proven to calm the canine nervous system. And when you think about it of how we just naturally use our voice, 
if we, you know, if I reach over, I'm going to say, good girl. I'm going to just drop my voice instinctively, not even think about it, and use a long legato lines. Legato is a music term, meaning it's long and smooth and connected. If my dog is crossing the street and I see a car coming, I'm going to instinctively raise my voice and go into sharp staccato pitches. I'm not going to do it now because there's dogs listening, but you're going to want to get your dog's attention and call them with short yes. pitch sounds, yes. alert sounds, because that charges their nervous system. So this arrangement that I did of a piece written for a high frequency instrument for violin, you'll probably recognize that it's from Vivaldi's Four Seasons, written for mm. violin and string orchestra. So high frequency instruments that are beautiful, but could charge your dog's nervous system. So that's one reason I play it for left hand alone. Another is because a few years back, I broke my right hand so severely I couldn't use my right hand for two oh, years was awful. and that was, was playing awful. music for left. And now I'm playing full concerts with two hands after I was told I would never play again by a medical professional. That's another podcast interview. But in the meantime, I recalled all the research that had been done about lower frequency so started rearranging and finding music for left hand alone that was appropriate for dogs for anxiety issues and three is because when Gina's on my right side and I'm playing left hand music I have my right hand free to pet her and she likes that <laughs> so if you have your dog with you this is a good time to invite you to listen together take a few deep breaths breathe this in and just notice how you respond and notice how your dog responds as well
That was lovely. Thank you. Could you hear Thank you for snoring? <laughs> Yogi is snoring over here. He gives it two paws up. <laughs> Thank you. He, I'm ready to take a nap. <laughs> <laughs> okay, good. That's the whole point. Well, I, you know, I know enough about classical music to know that we don't play it enough and yeah. listen to it enough. And it, it does work with our nervous system and our creativity and so much more. Right. And well, I will add that not all classical music is created. Either. No, yeah. no, no, no. But so, so in other words, you, your dogs, the, the, the things that this has in common to make it canine sound therapy is slower tempo. Some focus on lower frequencies. I do play music for two hands also with dogs, but there's always some sort of enriched bass. Um, simplifying so that it's not, I'm not changing this, but it's simplified might be just slowing, slowing down the tempo or taking a section mm -hmm. of a piece of music. So for example, um, a Mahler symphony, the, the 140 piece orchestra, a Berlioz symphony fantastic would not do it to calm down your dog. So when people say, oh, I play classical music all day for like, that's a great start. But I just want listeners to know that all classical music is not created equal. So, so be aware yes. of what you're playing. Well, I mean, I think of like Mozart's horn concerto versus the Vivaldi that you just played. Right. Very different energy. Right. And or so Tchaikovsky 1812 Overture when the cannons are coming out of the stereo. Well, that right? sounds like the 4th of July to me. Right. So what, what I'm hearing is if you are... I suggest you go get uh, dog on come, but if if not, if you are going to play music, be aware of what you're playing. Exactly. Um, one of my kind of pet peeves, if you will, is when people feel that they have to leave the TV on for their dog, and I I try very gently and kindly to let them know that not all TV. Is created equal. And if you're going to leave um, all like a 24 hour news channel on, your dog is going to absorb a lot of negativity. Right. Versus having calm, soothing right. music playing. If I all were day left long. home alone with the TV on all day, I would go bonkers. And dogs hear their hertz range, their hearing range is twice as much as ours. So it's, they're going to even be more sensitive to it. Cats, by the way, are twice as much as dogs, twice as high hertz range as dogs. But, okay. but also, when you put the TV on, you have no control of what's coming out of that TV. You don't know if there's going to be gunshots. You don't know if, if there's going to be sirens. You don't know if there's going to be honking cars. You don't know traffic. Somebody crying hysterically. Exactly. Or yeah. telling a really traumatic story. Right. You exactly. have, like, a, whereas if you put on, let's say, your music on a loop, right. um, you know that it is arranged specifically to help your dog stay in a calm, relaxed place. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. And well, also in July, I'm coming out with, so my podcast start season one started with, um, I had a meditation Monday and I'm coming out with an album of all meditations you can do with your dogs. And that'll be out in July. Well, that's great because I will be using that music when I teach meditation with oh, dogs. Oh, fantastic. 
And I will use that in the background as I guide them through their meditation. How perfect is that? Yeah, fantastic. Anything. And and I really believe getting people into a meditative state is so important to not only helping your dog or pet, but it also is the bridge to hearing what you're to being better listeners and hearing what your animal may be sharing and for people who think that um our animals our dogs are chatty 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 like us not really i mean some dogs are but they just look at us with these boxes against our ears i.e our phones going blah 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 when really they just want us to sit and be present. And what exactly. I love of, love about your music is you help create that space Aww. to make it easier for us humans. Right. Well, I need it as much as anyone else. So anytime I do one of these podcast episodes, which just just launching season two now in June, and I remind myself this is for me as much as it's for anybody else too. Well, I think if it's for you first... Your love and passion comes through it. Oh, oh thank and you. And I so also, much. when you said it, when you were in school at Juilliard, they would have thought you were nuts way back when, right? I could see you doing a whole program where you're teaching people how to create music for animals. Do you know that I have a course? I have an online course called Dog Gone Calm Piano Tricks, where I teach pianists, intermediate level pianists, to play music for their dogs. I love it. And I think it's so needed because as wonderful as you are, there's one of you and there's right. so many dogs and such a huge need right. that I think that's so wonderful right. that, that, that you have acknowledged, Hey, we got to get the whole, we got to get a whole team of people doing this. Right. Exactly. exactly. Oh, I love it. I, well, Sanchez and Gina are doing their job. Yeah, inspiring yeah. you to do really beautiful, loving, kind things for dogs. Thank and you. I love—I think dogs are just some of the most amazing species on this planet. Yeah, yeah. And they do things for us humans that, honestly, I don't think they get enough credit for. Yeah, they're they're pretty remarkable. I mean, what this girl did for me during the pandemic. She was my shelter in place buddy and. She was my everything. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. I, I I decided years ago, I do not want to walk this earth without dog by my side. Yeah. My, like when I lost my dog, Bodie, uh, I guess it was a year and a half ago when I moved from California to Connecticut, it was devastating. And I'm grateful for my cats for keeping me grounded. But now that I have Yogi Bear, who's uh, about to be 16 months, my life is so much richer. It is so much happier. And granted, he's a puppy. We have our challenges, but I wouldn't change it for the world. Right, right. You know, he's my muse in helping me. Right. Um, And part of why I named him Yogi is about Yogi is one who meditates. Right. Oh, I love it. I love it. I added the bear because it's cute. Now he wears a tie. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but the, one of the re, when I was asking the universe what to name him, that's part of why Yogi came, right? To help right. me on my journey. So, right. right, I love it. Well, I really thank you for your time and sharing your story. 
I feel very honored that I met you many, many years ago. I'm grateful to Sanchez for bringing you to Walnut Creek, which for those of you who don't know the San Francisco Bay Area, it was a, a fairly long train ride, Bay yeah, Area about an hour. style. Yeah. About an yeah. hour to get to me. And then we stayed in touch. And I even went to your beautiful school at Half Moon Bay. Cla- all day class, yeah. yeah. All day class. And I I really feel like I began to see the, the light bulb going yeah. off on your head at that point uh-huh. of how you were going through your career change. You probably saw more than I saw in the moment, right? Well, as a teacher, I've watched so many people... Um, when they open their hearts to hear the musing of the animals, right? it is such a beautiful thing to see them find their bliss. Oh. oh. Because what you're doing is your bliss. Oh. And that's it obvious. It certainly is. It, it certainly is. Yeah. It's very rewarding. And, and your bliss ripples out to help so many. I mean, I would imagine thousands and thousands upon thousands of dogs and by helping the dogs you help the people yeah thank you thank you so much kathy it's like such an honor to be here and connect with you and be reminded of all these things from you know the last 20 years it's so great so if i can mention where people could find me and find yes please please pretty much everything right now is at myzenpet.com i'm also actively involved in all the social channels and uh podcast is my zen pet the first album under my new company name is dog gone calm volume one so you can ask alexa or siri whoever for that it's in all the streaming channels and i'll i'll give you the link where you can um uh whatever streaming channel you listen to and you can click on it and and i'll put the link on on the podcast right up so people can find you because it's important to me that people find your music because it means that the dogs are going to be in a better place right great i also have a club the dog gone calm club uh focusing on people who have dogs with sound sensitivities and helping them go from cowering and shaking to confident and calm during fireworks and thunderstorms and loud noises and in that club among other things i do a dog gone calm concert every month so we'd love to have you. We're closed right now, but we'd love to have you join the wait list. And, and you'll find that on that My Zen Pet. But also if you go directly to doggonecomclub.com, it's also there. Or look up Lisa Spector and you'll yeah, get there find as me. well. Yeah. Or I don't know if you look up Gina as a CWO, you might find her as well. That would be interesting. I haven't done that one yet. Well, we'll have to Google it after <laughs> See if she's on Google. (laughs) (laughs) Well, thank you. Thank you for the concert. And I really encourage everybody who is listening who has a dog with or without sensitivities. Your dogs will absolutely benefit from listening to the beautiful music that Lisa creates. Thank you so much, Kathy. You have a wonderful day, everybody, and thanks for listening.